WDBM East Lansing. Welcome to Impact Exposure. Exposure is 88.9 The Impact's one-hour forum discussing relevant issues affecting the MSU community. And now, tonight's Exposure. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM, the Impact East Lansing's movie alternative at MSU Student Run Radio. And for the next hour, it's all exposure, all Impact Movie Chat, Talk Radio Live. So give us a call, 432-389-3. Phone lines are always going to be open for the next hour. And over the next hour, we're going to be talking about movies, as I've mentioned. Uh, we're going to break down what's new in the rental stores, what's new in the theater near you, and some news, rumors, gossip, what have you. My name is Brad Brooks, and thank you for joining us. And if you have any questions, concerns, comments, anything you want to talk about, if you saw one of the movies we're talking about and you want to voice your opinion, do it. Give us a call. Phone number is, once again, area code 517. It is 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. Let me introduce my excellent panel. And they're always here. And they're my right-hand man. Alex Dowd to my left. Alex, how you doing? Good. It's good to have you on. My, uh, my chief officer on this Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> the Riker. <laughs> yep. You're, or Spock. It's a, you chose Will Riker? I, well, I think if we're doing original cast, I think I'd be Bones. Nice. Of our lineup. Okay, I like yeah. that. Okay, well, we'll figure out. We'll go back to Dowd in a minute. Okay, I got the Reverend. Uh-huh. Reverend. So you think you're Bones. Yeah. That's the character you, you yeah. feel most in tune with. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm feeling. All right. Excellent. The yeah. Reverend in the house. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Andy Keist, the Keister. Andy, how you doing? I'm super. And what Star Trek member are you? Any cast? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, I was always a fan of Bones, but I think in this case I can just be the unnamed ensign who goes on the on the away team and gets killed. <laughs> killed? Yeah, because you're in every episode, man. Yes. All right. That and was Alex, mine, Andy. <laughs> we'll go back to you. Who, who are you? Oh, Lord. I don't know. <laughs> Chekhov. Huh? Chekhov. I think you're a Chekhov. He doesn't know who Chekhov is. Oh, okay. I can see him looking at his face. He's, uh, he, he steers I, I guess, the ship. Okay. Alien Wessels? From which which of the, the shows? Original series. Really? Okay. Oh my goodness. I'm he sorry. Doesn't even, okay. Never mind. I only know the, you know, Scotty and, and Bones and, you know, the, the primary characters, I guess. Turn in your nerd badge. All right. Yes. Turn in your nerd <laughs> You're badge. Off the case. So I guess that makes me, I guess I can pick any of the captains I want to be. Um, Janeway? I, no. <laughs> um, I'm not that cool. So, I'll, you know, most likely I'm Cisco from Deep Space Nine. But let's be realistic. I'm going to at least go upgrade myself to Patrick Stewart in uh, Next Generation. Let's face it, James T. Kirk was the coolest captain. He always got the lead. He was like Shaft of the Stars. We at least imagine that. All right, enough of Star Trek talk. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat once again on 89FM, the Impact. Phone lines are open. Give us a call. Phone number once again is 432 432- Three eighty nine three four three two three eight nine three. Give us a call if there's anything you want to talk about. We're going to do some uh, news right now. Yeah, you have some news, Reverend. Yeah, I got some a few little Reverend's bits. news. We like to call us. Yes, start it off. Uh, I got some uh, pretty good news. Excellent. I would say for me at least. <laughs> okay. um, George Romero. Uh, recently, I've in a previous show I said he his uh, rock opera horror movie Diamond Dead uh, got greenlit to be made and um just recently uh he got gr- a green light to do the fourth dead movie of a the fourth dead movie the night day Yay. dawn day series um and he's just got to decide which one he wants to do first he's going to film one in the fall and one in the spring so excellent that's uh really good good news for the ramiro fans yeah there's also yeah. a um a massive uh, Dawn of the Dead, the original movie DVD coming out in the fall, excellent. Which has you know multiple cuts, and I'm really excited about that too. Um, in the upcoming King Kong remake, done by Peter Jackson, done by Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, yeah, uh, Andy Serkis, who played uh, Gollum, is or did the the motion capture work for Gollum, is going to do repeat that role for the big ape in king kong he's doing the motion capture so they're gonna they're gonna film him as king kong right excellent and and he also has a small role in the movie too of course you gotta throw him a bone yeah so people will know what he looks like exactly and he's a weird little man yeah yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I, had, I had hopes for Naomi Watts as King Kong. <laughs> we heard, she's complaints. on the she's on the list. Yeah, she's yeah. on the cast list. Or Rick no. Baker in a monkey suit, which yeah. happens a lot too. I I loved. I have to still give it up, and it still surprised me that Andy Serkis's work mm-hmm. and Wicca or Weta 
Mm-hmm. Sorry, Wicca is a witchcraft, but Weta <laughs> is the Peter Jackson-owned and operated uh, effects team. Excellent work on both their behalves to bring the character of Gollum to life. Yeah. He is definitely no Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, no. Thankfully. And, uh, yeah, I mean, one thing that gives me hope about that movie is actually Mighty Joe Young, strangely. Like, that that uh, that movie with Bill Paxton, while not being that good, actually, <laughs> yeah. the effects are actually kind of decent. Like, you believe there was a giant monkey. Yeah. Yeah. It, looked, it, it, looked, it actually it looked, looked pretty good, good when yeah. you think about it. Um, so at least they'll be able to use some of that technology and create an awesome King Kong. Yes. Great. So my last little bit here of with everything has to do with remakes, of course. So um, the new one is there's a remake of Bad News Bears being Why? made. I, I don't know. Um, I, thought they, you know I, I thought they already did that. It was called Mighty Ducks. Yeah, exactly. No, the um, – and this this will probably hurt you, Brad. Oh, excellent. Um, I love when you uh, – I love when bits of my childhood are ruined. Starring Billy Bob Thornton from – yeah, for, as, as the – Walter, as Walter Matthau. From the writing team of Bad Santa. Oh, so uh, and everyone <laughs> you else know, is happy. Everyone else is happy, I, and I'm going to. We're uh, all smiling. Whereas in other things, I I start hating something. I start disliking something, and it leads to hatred, and it just leads to all out scorn and you know <laughs> the desire to destroy something. Uh, but it's more. But I thankfully just keep that within the realm of movies. Uh, all other aspects of my life don't follow this. I did not like Bad Santa, but whereas things like Shrek, which I hate. <laughs> Bad Santa, I'm all right with. People enjoyed it. They had a good time. Okay. I didn't find it funny myself, but you know what? You have your laugh. Too many people, I'll let that go. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't so, know. so that team's together, and they're going to make the new Bad News Bears. Yeah, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see how raw it is, because even though like the first movie is considered a family film, it's it's a pretty raw movie, actually. It's kind of, there's stuff in it that I wouldn't think you would necessarily do nowadays, so... I don't know no, if it'll, we'll, yeah. it'll still be as raunchy as it was. The answer will be no. Probably they, not. They're gonna, they're, it is the team behind Bad Santa. Yeah, I didn't expect Bad Santa to be as raw as it was, personally. So you never know. True. So yeah. you don't know. But it depends on what the studio... Exactly. You know, they may say, oh, yeah, go ahead, Bad Santa, guys, do that. But it depends on what the product they get and yeah. right. what they'll be happy with. Them. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. And uh, anything else for you, Reverend? Nope, that'll do it right. for this week. I had a little thing <laughs> as, uh, once again, the ongoing Superman saga... Uh, finally <laughs> may get back off the ground. Uh, they're stirring is that Superman may get back into production uh, in the fall, uh, headed up by Mick G, the director of uh, Charlie's mm. Angels 1 and 2, and, uh, of course, the <laughs> constant video director. I hate Mick G, uh, not necessarily for his kinetic video uh, style, but mostly because he's called Mick G. <laughs> like, it's a reasonable It's like Kubrick reason. saying, call me K-Dog. You know, it's like it doesn't work. It doesn't. You need to still have a, a name. I understand his last name is McGinty, but we need to call him that. Uh, but that looks like it's about to get off the ground. They're going to go with an unknown. Uh, it's going to be produced by the people who produced Fast and the Furious and uh, some other bad movies. Uh, but still, the project is greenlit. The actual aspects of it have not. So that's a new thing. So Superman, which has been kind of a, in production uh, hell. Oh, for the last yeah. few years. For developmental health. Really since like early 90s, almost. I mean, they've been trying to get a new one off the ground. Ever since, keeps... uh, I would say ever since like Batman Returns became a huge hit. You know? Yeah. And they showed, okay, when Warner Brothers said, we got to get these, we got to, you know, we got Batman, you know, cooking with gas. We got to try to get Superman back in the mix. Yeah. And one thing after another just caused it to stay out. So A lot of directors, too. Yes, a lot of scripts. Opted to, to give it a try and then backed out. Mm-hmm. Was, Tim Burton, uh, Wolfgang Peterson, I believe. Yep. There was talk yeah. of uh, uh, Nick Cage being the Man of Steel. Yep. yep. Uh, you know, just just tons of actors that sit to it. Uh, lots of scripts. Even Kevin, we mentioned last week Kevin Smith's big script, uh, which was rejected because it didn't have a giant spider in it. Yeah. It's one of the reasons. <laughs> exactly. No later, giant spider. We're not making used this in Wild Wild West. Yes, yeah. and that movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So you'll listen to the Impact Movie Chat. Phone lines are open 432 Once again, 432 Three eight nine three. Let's move into reviews. Last weekend was a uh, somewhat good sized weekend. I'm not saying it was a good weekend, but it was a large <laughs> weekend in which four movies came out to the area. Three of them were brand new. Uh, one of which we didn't t- speak about. Um, that was Super Size Me, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But three movies came out this week, and it was you know pretty much mixed. And we're gonna get to how everyone feels about these. They were Chronicles of Riddick, Garfield the movie. And the stuff for wise. So as we described it last week was a garbage pail week. 
All the leftovers just thrown down to the disposal, ground up, and shout out to your local uh, theater. Um, well, I felt a couple of you guys were able to, to bite the bullet, to, you know, to take one for the team and check these out. Uh, so basically, except for the, no one saw the Garfield movie. No. That's unfortunate because I wanted to see how how this energetic Garfield is because I'm pretty sure it's stupid. Um, but let's let's start with the Stepford Wives. Andy and uh, – I'm sorry. Alex and the Reverend both were able to check this one out. The Stepford Wives. Reverend. Yeah. How uh, is it? Does it compare to the original? Does it uh, <laughs> the Well, as, as I said last week, I don't like the original movie. I don't really like the plot. So right there, it's pretty much lost me. But I, I like Frank Oz sort of as a director. So I was kind of interested in it. Um, it. It's got... it's. Oh, let me say, I'm not the really the person to ask about this movie because it's really not my kind of sense of humor it's very like i don't know <laughs> it's 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 just uh, it's, i think it's for like slightly older women mostly i think is the target audience for this yeah, film. you don't consider yourself part of that demographic no not really and, and you know i'm not saying that's bad it's just i didn't really laugh at most of the movie i thought there was a couple f- somewhat funny things but mostly sympathy laughs um <laughs> i liked not to get into it, but the it ends the ending is a bit different, and I liked the changes they made, even though um you know it's still the whole movie just feels like twelve people were like fighting to, for control of it. It feels very all over the place, and like okay. you can tell there's rewrites and reshoots, and it's just very sloppy um and you know I don't really understand what the point of the movie was i mean it's you know it's very politically correct movie. And if you're going to do Stepford Wives, why are you making it politically correct? Like, what's the point, you know? Like, for example, there's, um, you know, there's a gay couple in, in town. That's the new, that's a new twist. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's cute, but what does that mean? You know, is this about men, this politics of men and women, or what is this movie about? And it, you know, it keeps throwing stuff in like that for almost no reason. So ultimately, I don't know, I just thought it was a big mess, but... You might enjoy it. I mean, it's it's kind of like just a tame, laid-back comedy. If you really dig uh, Bette Midler, um, you know, and you love Nicole Kidman, you'll probably dig the movie. I okay. mean, I, I would say uh, I think Glenn Close was the best part of the movie. I thought she was pretty funny. Okay. But. So it's definitely, uh, if you're a, I guess if you fit into the graphic of uh, Soccer Mom, yeah. you may enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, without, yeah, being as... as Trying not to be mean, but yeah, soccer mom. It's a soccer okay. mom movie. Okay, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. My mother's a soccer mom. Yeah, movie. exactly. You know, she likes to go to them. That's fine. Alex, how did you feel about Stepford Wives? Uh, I didn't really care for it too much. Um, Phil mentioned the original, and I don't hate the original. I think it's really, really obvious. I think, and that's something that this one inherits too, even more so. I would say that <laughs> if you've seen the original, you've probably figured that out very quick. But if you see this one and you haven't seen the original, you're going to figure it out even quicker, I think. Um, But I guess something I do like about the original is, yeah, there's a really heavy-handed message, I think, of the film, but at least the storytelling is fairly subtle. I'll say that I think there's there's a degree of there's a degree of subtlety in the way that the story is told and the way it progresses, whereas I think this is extremely broad and extremely ridiculous. Uh, Like, and the original is a thriller for the most part with 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 some comedic undertones i guess this one is an an all-out comedy which i don't think works for the material i I didn't think it was funny i think the one-liners fall completely flat i think all the characters are walking stereotypes basically there's no one in this movie that's really a human being i mean (laughs) i mean they're they're not playing human beings i'll say um no no one three-dimensional um this felt like a bad joke that just kept going for me. It All was right. really broad. So, so the Stepford Wives. If you're if you're a female in demographic, maybe you know <laughs> twenty five to fifty, you may enjoy it. If you consider yourself a soccer mom, you may enjoy it. But for two college guys, not, <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Not no. so much. We got college on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Speak. <laughs> All right, color. See you later. Get another color. Color on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hello. Yes. How you doing? Hey, good. It's uh, good from Lansing. Uh, sorry to interrupt you guys' review. I was calling when you guys are doing the music news, but I didn't know if 
I know you guys are comic book fans. I didn't know if you heard that um, Darren Aronofsky was uh, trying to do a script for Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. Yes. I heard about that. And I'm a big Lone Wolf and Cub fan, and I, I like a lot of Darren Aronofsky. Well, his two movies, I guess. But uh, So I just didn't know if you guys had heard that and thought I'd call in and tell you. Yeah, Aronofsky, you know, director of Pie and Requiem for a Dream. Very cool. The only problem I have with this information, I mean, I think the idea of doing a Lone Wolf and Cub movie would be nice. I've seen the Japanese uh, films that are about Lone Wolf and Cub, and they're they're good. It's with the chubby Lone Wolf. With the, the fattest, like, Lone Wolf of all time. Because uh, basically, Lone Wolf and Cub is a, basically a, uh, a ronin samurai with his son, and he's an, an assassin, and just he's an unstoppable machine. Think um, Road to Perdition... But without Tom Hanks and yeah. in Japan, not in the 30s. So that's the closest you can get. Road Perdition is based on Lone with the Cup. My only problem with this information is, though I love the comics and I like Darren Aronofsky, Aronofsky's been attached to like 30 projects. He's like, he's like the new Steven Spielberg. Every project that's kind of cool he gets attached to, whether he'll actually get to making something remains to be seen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, well, he did that with uh, a Batman script, didn't he, with Frank Miller? Yeah. Yep, the, uh, the year one uh, Batman script based on Frank Miller's amazing story. Uh, never got off the ground. Never got going. Yeah. He wasted a lot of time with that. I'm just wondering when he's actually going to make a movie. If he does do it, that would be very cool. Yeah. That would be great. I think the thing with Lone Wolf, it, it, it's got so much violence in it that somebody with the screwed up mind of Darren Aronofsky, I think, could do a good job with it. But you're, you're right. It depends if he gets off the ground. Yeah, it's definitely. To, to put the violence in perspective, something like Kill Bill Volume 1. Right. Yeah. The, the, uh, definitely Uma Thurman's uh, The Bride character, as she goes to as the... Uh, House of the Blue Lotus. As, uh, yeah. I think yeah. the, her going through that place is definitely a total lone wolf. That's just yep. the kind of thing that Ogami Ito, the lone wolf character, would do. And uh, makes her great stories and uh, awesome action. But whether it'll actually get made, we'll have to see. All right. Well, I just want to call in. You guys have a great show. Thanks a lot. Cool. Thanks for calling. Take yep. care. All right. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. Once again, 432 432- Three eight nine three. If there's any bit of information you got and you want to share with us, give us a call. Uh, if you've seen any of the movies that we were reviewing or talking about, give us a call. Four three two three eighty nine three four three two three eight nine three. Also, out last week was the Chronicles of Reddick. It's a sequel to Pitch Black, um, the Vin Diesel movie, powered by Diesel. And, uh, <laughs> around here, one knows I hate Vin Diesel because he's one of these people who's famous for some unknown reason and no one can explain it to me. So. Vin Diesel's got a new movie out. It's a sequel to Pitch Black, which is a cool, but still, it's an alien re- ripoff, but still kind of cool, uh, which was a, a, a hit, I guess. So they're making a sequel because Vin Diesel's so cool, right, guys? Yeah. And so the two of you went out and checked it out. Yeah. All right. And from that, yeah, I imagine, <laughs> let me guess, this movie is not watchable. Uh, no, it is watchable. It's watchable. <laughs> Alex. Another, score another watchable. For this. Right. Another watchable. Put this one in the watchable All right, let's, how, did, how did you like it? Not too much. Not too admittedly. much. But it's watchable. Um, it is. Uh, and after Van Helsing, I realize I'm setting a lot of movies I'm seeing this summer by, like, the bad yardstick that is, you know, Van Helsing. Yeah, you need to, you need to take a good movie. And make that the yardstick. <laughs> Not like, well, it was better than Van Helsing. I'll let you know, Alex. I'm just I'm most just, movies out this year will be better than Van Helsing. I'm trying to console myself for having seen Van Helsing. Just, You're not going to do it. You're going to kill yourself forever <laughs> for plopping down the money to to watch that bad movie. You're yeah. never going to get those two hours and twenty minutes back. No, I'm not. You're not. But... You need to accept it and move on. And the first thing to do is not compare every movie <laughs> to that. Because you know what that automatically does. Makes every movie a great movie. <laughs> I'll let you know. Was Chronicles of Riddick a good movie? No. No. Don't don't judge it. Don't judge it to that. No, it's not good. <laughs> um, I guess uh, you know, Pitch Black is just, I think, basically an alien ripoff. I, I think it's a really well made one. I think it's a fun one. But it, I think it's it one is one of the best ones. Yeah, I mean that I've ever seen certainly. Um, and I think Chronicles of Riddick is very much ripping off other movies too i think it's treading pretty much in the shoes of other people's work um this is a science fiction epic built from pieces of other sci-fi epics okay um but i guess for one thing i don't think i don't think the movies that that this movie is is stealing from or at least playing homage to if you want to if you want to put it like that i don't think those are as fun as the alien films and i don't think it does it as well um this was just for me another big overblown sci-fi epic. Um, 
with a, a it has a fairly good sense of humor, at least. It doesn't take itself too seriously, which which I usually respect in a movie like this, because how can it, basically? You know, I mean, it's completely ludicrous. Um, and Vin Diesel, I think, has a certain kind of charm, I'm almost going to say about him. I know wow. this hurts you when I say this, Brad. Wow, but I think, Vin Diesel has charm. I think these type of roles, he's okay. And I, I, I think he was made to play roles like this. And he hold, I think he holds his own. But everyone else in the film seems kind of lost. Uh, the villains, for one thing, I think are really... Goofy. Goofy. Very goofy. <laughs> um, we mentioned Star Trek earlier. They're like bad Star Trek villains, oh, God. basically. Um, They're the Ferengi. <laughs> the Ferengi well, always bad, sucked but... as villains. Come on, let's, let's mess up. No one likes the Ferengi. <laughs> um, okay. Basically, they're third-rate Borg, I'll okay. say. Ah, I like that. Um, and... I don't know the actors who's who's who are playing them. Um, one of the guys who's in Lord of the Rings, I recognized him. Carl Urban. Urban. Does that Urban? sound right? Some, yeah, sure. it does sound right. I'll go with that. Um, but not Danny Newton. Danny Newton. And Colm Fior. I love Colm Fior. The, yeah. the main villain there. Yeah, he's, okay. He's he, much, he yeah, he's a head necromonger, but he's also you may recognize him as the prosecutor from Chicago. Okay. So yes, I do. I do recognize that's him. What, as, that's, as, what I, that's what I'm here for. Um, it's not. Thre- they're not threatening. And you know, in a movie like this, you need a good villain, I think, yeah. to sort of put up against Vin Diesel. But there isn't one, and the movie's too long. How and long was it? It's got to be over two hours. Over oh, two hours. Jesus. Phil, does that sound right? I would say exactly two hours. Exactly. America, that, America, what are you, Hollywood? <laughs> what are you doing to America? Do you understand? You're wasting our lives in two-hour increments. Yeah, it's one thing to make Chronicles of Riddick, make it an hour and a half. Yeah. I'll give you an hour and forty-five minutes. I'll give you an extra fifteen minutes there, the, but two hours is excessive. The director's cut, which is will hit DVD eventually, is supposedly going to be a good half an hour longer at least. And I got to say, I don't think this movie needs another half an hour. It needs a half an hour less, I think. That's an abomination. Because the story isn't good. And apparently just, what they're adding is just pure story. And this movie does not need more story. It now, needs maybe, less. Th- now, let me ask you, does it, does, is there a lot of holes in the story? Because maybe that extra half hour will fill in the blanks. Uh, or are all the blanks filled in and then other things filled in on top of it? Tough to say. I mean, I, I don't okay. recall being like dumbfounded by by holes in the story, but I'm sure if you poke at it for a few minutes, you could probably find some pretty big ones. I don't okay. know. Um, it's just goofy. All right, basically, and it's it's watchable. It it's watchable. <laughs> and, and one thing we do know, it's better than Helsing. Yep. Wow, yep. better than Van Helsing, folks, <laughs> and watchable. Straight from the horse's mouth, Alex Dowd. <laughs> let you know, Chronicles of Riddick is not very good. All right, you'll see the Impact Movie Chat. Here on A9FM. We're getting to the Reverend right now. Reverend, you also saw the Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. Um, How do you feel about the Diesel, first and foremost? I, well, I kind of like the Diesel. You like the I Diesel? Because well, you, you mentioned it last week. I mean, he is he is the guy who dies first in Private Ryan. That's right. Nice. He is the voice of Iron Giant. That's I mean, that's the thing. Like, just because he was Iron Giant, he gets five more years of terrible movies. I'll still <laughs> like him. Just want to check. Okay, he's, he's in the first Pitch Black, which you like. Yeah. So he gets that. You own Triple X. Yeah. So, I mean, you're <laughs> the president of the East Lansing chapter of the Vin Diesel fan club, are you not? Yeah, sure. Okay, just checking. Yeah, uh, I wasn't, I didn't really like Fast and the Furious and didn't see Knockaround Guys. That looked pretty bad, but. Um, <laughs> oh, you could be bo- just treasurer. Boiler Room was kind of dumb, but I don't know. Wait, you didn't like Boiler Room, which no. is the classic, which is just took bits <laughs> the classic of. Classic Wall Street ripoff. And Glengarry Glen Ross. <laughs> right. Hey, I saw these two movies. Let's make them all one movie. Done. If you see the, no, the, boy- best, the best part of that movie is they watch Wall Street in the movie. Yes, and talk about it, and <laughs> yeah. it's just a ripoff. If you see Boiler Room and think this is a great movie, no, that movie's not great. You saw the, some of the best pieces from two other good movies. I kind of like Glenn Ross and bit. Wall Street. Alex? <laughs> Simmons. You already had your time to All talk. Right. Don't let me take right. your privileges away. All right, Reverend. Yeah. The Chronicles of Riddick. You checked it out. Yeah. Did it lace you? Well... I don't know if I'd use lace, but I, I feel like I, I'm in the position, you know, one man stands alone. I'm in the position I have to defend this movie because Good luck. I don't think this movie is that bad. I think it's okay. Um, it's uh, like I like David Twohey. I would say this is probably the weakest of his movies by far. Of his filmography. Right. Of his extensive filmography. Well, you know. Of, the of, Twohey canon. Of the four <laughs> films, yeah. Um I wouldn't really call it 
it is a sequel to Pitch Black, but I wouldn't call it a sequel to Pitch Black because thematically and the style of the movie and the tone of the movie is completely different. It's just has the character of Riddick in it and everything else is completely different. It's a totally different movie. Um, I thought this was, uh, there's a lot of stuff from like Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, like old, uh, serial sci-fi kind of reminded me of that. Um, and you know, Riddick is like the, you know, the lone man against the universe basically. And, uh, kind of like a test to see if you're going to dig this movie at all is the villains are called necromongers and and you find out Riddick is from a race of aliens called Furians who are angry you know <laughs> now i mean if that's if you're just like oh that's stupid this movie probably isn't from you you know if you're looking for you know the auteur theory of the film this movie's probably not for you but if you're looking for like a fun sci-fi action movie I think it's pretty good. Like, I I was entertained by it. I think the weakest part of it for me is I think Twohe is better with more intimate settings, like smaller settings. And, and that's why Pitch Black is a lot better than this movie is because it's more about the characters and not, like, this massive story. Whereas this is, like, you know, spans all these, you know, different planets and so forth. And you don't really get the sense of the scope of the story. Um, but... I don't know. I, I actually dug the story. I'd be interested to see the extended cut. Um, and it, the ending is kind of interesting. Did you? Not really. Well, you didn't really dig the movie, but... I didn't. Um, the ending is... It like... Okay. It's open. Yeah. Anyway, which is different, yeah. I'll say. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, wait, does it, wait, let me ask you. Let me, and I, I don't want to give it too much away, but I love the setup a bad the movie. Then if a, if a bad movie... Let's face it. Lost in Space... Horrible movie, but it leaves itself open for a sequel. Delicious. The Godzilla from 97, horrible movie. Leaves itself open for a sequel. That makes it more and more delicious. Uh, this is, the well, I'll, I'll say, I mean, the plot is resolved of Excellent. this story, but it leaves it where you're like, okay. Well, like, well I was like, oh, well, what's, what's next? Like, well, I, at least I want to know, even if he never makes it, which he might not, another movie. I want to know what he wanted to happen. You know, that's what I'm saying. I think the bad thing about it is, though, I felt like the ending, it had just, at the very last few moments of the movie, gotten interesting, and then the movie ends. Yeah. Okay, I could see that, too. Yeah. Um, But you definitely, uh, you can see some influences in this film. This, David Twohey loves David Lynch's Dune. I can I can tell that much. Not, I'm not even, I don't even know if he likes the book Dune, but he loves David Lynch's Dune, because there's a lot of, like, elements of that movie in this. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. Um... And I don't know. It doesn't. I, it's sorry. like, okay, sorry. But yeah, I, the reason I'm defending this movie, I didn't even really love this movie, but I like this movie. I'm just saying, not every movie has to be awesome. You know, some of them can just be okay. This movie is okay. Mm-hmm. It's, if you like sci fi movies, if you like, if you were willing to go see a Star Trek movie in the theater, you'll dig this movie, probably. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think that's a good point. You know, I think at times I definitely push this. Every movie's gonna be brilliant. Every movie has to be the best movie of all time. And not every movie can do that. Right. But yeah. I'm hoping for at least somewhat decent stories. Decent. I'm not expecting brilliant, but decent stories. And the problem is this summer is getting really bad okay. very quickly. So that's that's where I was a little weary of it. But it is, for you, good. For yeah. Alex, watchable. I just wish it had been more fun. Like, I'm perfectly okay with a story that's not good Yeah. if the movie is still it, – it's fat. I mean, Pitch Black ha- does not have a, a – you know, a stellar story by any means. Right. Like we said, it's an alien ripoff, basically. But it's fast-paced, and I, I think I think one of the, the key things I think you hit the nail or hit the hammer on the nail, so to speak, uh, when you said that he's a lot better at smaller, more intimate settings. I think I think this is this has got to be his first epic. Yeah. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't think he's as as good at that yet. Anyway. Yeah. So. All right. That's the Chronicles of Riddick. One of the few movies that came out last week. You're listening to the Impact Movie Chat here on 89FM. The Impact phone lines are open at 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. If there's anything you want to talk about, you want to share a conversation in a certain way, give us a call at 432-3893. All right. Let's move into the world of previews. <laughs> uh, a couple things coming out this week. They are around the world in 80 days. Dodgeball. 
Uh, yeah, same main movie about dodgeball. That was very strange. <laughs> the terminal, and we didn't get to talk about uh, Super Size Me last week uh, due to me. Um, and but we, we can talk about that a little bit. It came out last week, and I think we all want to see it. But let's start with Around the World in 80 Days. The Reverend was able to check this one out based on the Jules Verne novel um, of the same name. And it uh, stars Jackie Chan, which we all know from the Rush Hour film. Steve Coogan plays Phileas Fogg. That's the, uh, he was in 24-hour party people. He can be seen in coffee and cigarettes. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, uh, and I can't think of anything else from him. I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's British. He is a big star overseas, I yes. believe. Oh, yeah. who cares about them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's PG. And it's out right now. It's from the director of, yes, yes, Waterboy and the Wedding Singer. Ooh. So he's making a step from the Sandler comedies. This is uh, Frank Karachi making a step from the Sandler comedies to the, the big boys to a Jackie Chan uh, <laughs> slapstick kung fu film. That's definitely a step in yeah, one yeah, direction. Sure. Hopefully in the right direction. The Reverend was able to check this one out. So for everybody who hasn't been able to check this one out, Around the World in 80 Days, how was it? Uh, well, it's interesting. I, I didn't. Going in, I didn't know what the director had done before, but one thing I actually thought of while I was watching it is it kind of felt like an Adam Sandler movie. It's sort of like some of the jokes are kind of flat, and, you know, it's like, eh. But like Stepford Wives, I don't think I was the target audience for this film. It's like a family movie that sort of leans more towards younger kids, I think. Okay. uh, Jackie Chan does the stunt choreography and the fight scenes, and all those are cool, as always. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Jackie Chan. I think his his fight scenes are really tight. Slapstick Kung Fu is always yeah, great. exactly. He's he's always good. Um, Steve Coogan was good. He has a lot of really bad dialogue to deliver, but he does, you know, a, does as best. Good, a good does a job. does his best choking it down. Yeah, right. good a job as he can. Um, by far... Uh, the best thing about this movie is all the celebrity cameos in the film. Um, there's in the, in the trailer, you see Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, so, you know, he's in it. I'm not going to give any of the other ones away because, you know, they make the movie a lot more entertaining <laughs> than, than it would be otherwise. Like so being like, Oh, you know, he's in this or she's in this. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got some problems. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's very, just generic like comedy not it's even by children's movie standards it's not like a great film but i i suppose if i was younger i'd probably enjoy it you know there's there's some fun elements to it um you know i thought the celebrity cameos worked a lot better than in cold mountain for example (laughs) you know they were less jarring it didn't feel as much like a tv movie as episodic right that was one of the only things i enjoyed about cold mountain (laughs) hey man that's a philip seymour coffin oh okay keep them coming boys all right so oh, oh something interesting about the movie though a little little note there's the character of uh, Wong Fei-Hung is in this movie, who is not played by Jackie Chan, but Jackie Chan played him in the Drunken Master films. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Interesting. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> the kids think, might like it. That's okay. all I'll say. I, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't try to remake Around the World in 80 Days as like the third you know, Shanghai Noon film. Yeah, it's... it's like, it seems like, it's the, like it gives me the same feel you almost, automatically. Yeah, you almost feel like it... Like Steve Coogan's character was written for Owen Wilson, you know. It's like, and it, in a way, like it seems like his dialogue doesn't really isn't really Steve Coogan dialogue, <laughs> okay. you know. So I could almost see that was the original idea, and then Owen Wilson's like, no more. Like I can't, hang yeah. I, I can't still hang have some Jackie respectability Chan. left. I'm gonna do behind enemy lines too, or something like that. <laughs> Even more behind. Enemy <laughs> yeah. lines. Okay, uh, we have a caller on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. Hi. Um. I was just calling to say that I really liked Chronicles of Riddick. Okay. I loved the movie. Woohoo! <laughs> and I thought Van Helsing was better than it. But I'm a spaz and I like movies like that. You thought what? Like, you thought what was better than it? Van Helsing. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I really liked uh, Chronicles of Riddick because it it goes into more of Riddick's character. I didn't think the guy that played the lead Necromager was all that great. Mm-hmm. He wasn't evil enough. <laughs> I agree with that part. The villains weren't evil enough, but I really liked the subplot of Riddick's character, and I think that's what made it a good movie, not necessarily the whole necromonger thing. Were you, uh, did you think the, without giving it away, did you think the ending was interesting? 
I liked the ending. I think there could have been more to what happened to him after it. Mm-hmm. But if you if you sit through the credits, oh, you kind of get an idea. Really? I missed out on that. Yeah, because if you sit through the credits, I'm not going to give it away, but there's a, a statue. There's stuff. Something. There's stuff at the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. That's cool. And that adds a lot more to it than kind of what happens to him after the whole deal at the end. Okay. And now, if, so if they make a, a Chronicles of Riddick 2 or 3, whatever you want to call it, would you check out a sequel to this? Yeah, I would. I'd like to see the director's cut, too, now that I know that there's going to be one. Yeah. yeah. Extra 30 minutes. I think it could have used an extra 30 minutes to elaborate on what happens to Riddick yeah. in the end. All right. Well, thank you for giving us a call. Okay. Have a good right. day. Take care. All right, phone lines are open, as you can see, 432-3893. Once again, 432-3893. If you've seen any of the movies we're talking about, want to see a movie we're talking about, heard of a movie we're talking about, <laughs> give us a call, 432-3893. It's your show. Let, voice your opinion. Let us know. 432-3893. We'll keep saying that over and over. All right. So around the world in eight days, we're just talking about that. That's out. The Reverend enjoyed it. Might not be the right audience. Oh, I, I wouldn't really say enjoyed. Okay. <laughs> then, I, that's I don't. I didn't want to give that impression. Okay. I didn't really enjoy it. You didn't get sick all over yourself in the middle of the production. No, it's it, it's not a movie for me, but kids might like it. I don't kids know. Kids might like. It. How old are the kids? Seven to ten. Seven to know. ten. Younger. All right. I mean, t- t- teenagers will be too jaded for it. I think. <laughs> Those kids nowadays are so cynical. Exactly. They'll never be able to handle it. I, I will say this for Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan is the Barry Sanders of cinema. I mean, the movies he's in may not be that great, but it's always fun to watch him in them, mm-hmm. regardless of how good or bad the movie is. Excellent. And I was comparing to Barry Sanders and the Detroit Lions. Lions, not a very good team, but <laughs> Sanders is always fun to watch. You know, right. you know Barry Sanders doesn't play for the Lions anymore. Oh, I'm out of it. I? <laughs> okay, never mind. Well, I know I like your I like but, your but analogy. It's still a good analogy. Your analogy is excellent. I'm gonna say one of the best analogies we've heard in weeks. I think you're right. But I'm still not allowed to talk for But I'm just saying, audience. I you know, <laughs> it's not like Barry Sanders is still running. I'm just saying. He retired a few years ago. I just want to make sure you know. That's a testament to how much I know about sports. It's okay. So. Your analogy I, is, I won't go near that anymore. Your analogy is perfect though. So keep them coming. Excellent. Yeah. All right, listen to the impact movie chat. Phone lines are open four three two three eighty nine three. We have a caller on the line. College on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Not much. Uh, yeah, I have something to say about that Chronicles of Riddick crap and that Van Helsing. Mm-hmm. Basically, I think that is what's wrong with all the movies nowadays. Mm-hmm. Anything that has um, Vin Diesel or The Rock in it, I think should just they should just skip it. Basically, okay. So this is more directed to that last caller. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a war between colors. I agree with you. I don't like Vin Diesel at all. Um, the Rock, not a fan of either. He's like Diesel White. He's like unleaded fuel. Um, but I just I don't know why they keep throwing them in movies. Not necessarily because their type of film isn't good. It's just it's just they're they're not good. They're not good films. So I'm not really up for them. Yeah, I don't know. I just all this vampires crap and werewolves and fighting them and Blade and all that crap. It just they should just skip it. Because so you didn't, you didn't like the movie Blade? Not a fan. <laughs> and um, I didn't see the sequel. And uh, I don't think I ever will. And basically I just think that they should stop because they're way behind and they're just losing money, in my mind. You, you haven't seen the sequel to Blade? <laughs> no, I haven't. You haven't? Because oh, it's, 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 it's actually an improvement on the first movie. It's a Is lot it? better. Yep. Well, yeah, I second that. All right, we all like it more. All right, so that's that's your uh, homework for this weekend. You have to check yeah, out Blade know, I don't too. I about that. I might just have to skip that. <laughs> All right, you will get an F. All right, <laughs> thanks for giving us a call. Yep. All right, take care. All right, so you know not everyone's up for these, you know, kind of a uh, sci-fi action adventure with horror. Uh, Van Helsing, you know. It's understandable. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Van Helsing was unwatchable. It, when Van Helsing, every, all the movie watchable. <laughs> but I will say, Blade, Blade Two, I actually both enjoy them. Uh, I think Blade Two. I think you're right, Andy. I think it's an improvement. What? I like uh, you were well. No, I. I I'm now. I'm more. I'm more of a fan of Blade Two now. Okay. I've, over the last few months, I, I saw Blade Two again. All right. I'm just saying. Oh, I Previously, know. I liked. I. I still don't like a lot of the CGI Matrix fighting. Okay. But still, Blade Two. I saw it the other day. It did rock. Laced you. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. So, man, 
Reverend, I'm just making sure you're not being yeah. a poser. No, man, getting, <laughs> okay. yelled at, getting yelled at a lot on my own show. All right, this is the Impact Movie Chat. We got another caller. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Uh, I was just calling to say, you know, I was, I, I'm not really, I don't know if I'm a big fan of The Rock, but I, maybe it's unfortunate or I'm cursed or something, but I really like The Scorpion King and The Rundown. I just thought fun movies, you know, they're just both very fun movies. So you like them because they're fun movies, not because they're great movies. Well, I think the rundown kind of borders on it a little bit. I mean, I don't know if it's, you know, it's like it's like one of those movies that, you know, it's half fun, and it's, there was a lot of kind of artsy shots in there. Like, for instance, like when they're going through the, the what is it, was it a diamond mine or a gold mine? It was a gold mine. Uh I don't remember. I'll let you know, we all try to forget that movie as soon as we saw it. Yeah, wait a minute. Actually, I liked it. Yeah, I I kind of feel it too, actually. (laughs) I'm tired of walking. Christopher Walken is... I'm up to here with the walking. I can't. Yeah. I can't handle him anymore. That's one of the reasons I won't see Step for Wise. I feel you on that. I just he's he's become a parody of himself, and sometimes that's cute, but with the walk-in, it's a little too much. Not when you're doing it five or six times every year. Yes. No, I I I, I can't get enough actually. That <laughs> walk-in. Might be, More walking. That may be a problem. Another problem. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for giving us a call. Hey, take care, guys. All right. So a big fan of the of uh, of the Rock, and uh, and of walking. Really, I don't think the problem is the type of movie, really. I think I, I kind of have to disagree with the caller who called in a few minutes ago. And I don't think these movies are inherently bad. I think we need movies like these. Yeah. Dumb, fun action movies, you know. I mean, to break up our feeling, you know, sometimes that's what you want. But I think it's the problem is too many of them are just really bad, lazy CGI fests, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, stuff like The Rundown and, say, Pitch Black, I think are okay. Okay. What, I, what I'll say is that Hollywood, uh, Riddick and Van Helsing are both perfect examples of this, I think. It's that Hollywood Studios throwing dozens and dozens of millions of dollars behind essentially B-movie scripts, yeah. which didn't always happen. You know, give them five million, mm-hmm. five or six million, and then, you know, you have to get a creative director and, you know, cast B-movie actors, you know, make an actual B-movie rather than trying to pump this up with, ster- you know, CGI is the steroids of cinema, another analogy. Nice. Right? I like that, too. Rather than just, you know, pumping this up, hacking away at it, like, as if you were in a gym. Well, yeah. uh, okay. I mean, I agree with that. But at the same time, as a Spielberg fan, <laughs> you Ooh. have to realize that a lot of, like, what he brought to cinema is making big-budget B-movies. You know, like Jaws or, you know, Raiders or something like that. And, and I, I mean, and I like Peter Weir when he does the same thing on occasion. Right. But, You're just saying you don't like the people who are doing it. Exactly. Well, I mean, you know, say what you will about Steven Spielberg, but he is a technical genius. I okay. Mean, he, and say what you will about Minority Report, for example. Right. But that movie, I mean, that's one of the best assembled movies I've seen in a long time. Okay. And yeah, B-movie material, but... Again, you have good collaborations, I'm going to say. You know, you have actual talent making the, making these movies all right. rather than people, you know, technicians sitting at a keyboard I, animating all day. I think what you're saying essentially is that if you're going to have somebody shooting for something big like this, it's going to have to be somebody who knows what he's doing. Exactly. Yeah. Precisely. And I think a lot of these directors don't. They're just giving them huge budgets, saying, here's these FX guys, here's all the resources, do your thing, and they don't know what they're doing. It's it's almost like uh, that character in Ed Wood saying, whatever, shoot whatever baloney you like, just make sure it's X X number of reels long and have it done by October, you know? Well, I think also it's too many movies by committee. You know, someone decided, well, Riddick's a great character, let's make a movie. Get so-and-so on it, and then get, you know, it's just handling everything where you can tell that it's just too many hands in one pot we're talking about you know maybe a different movie you mentioned yeah. earlier with Stepper Wise and all that but you can just see the creative forces being pulled throughout these films so in a film that is basically just a big budget B movie you need to have a singular thought you need to have a way of getting it from this is a big budget B movie how can we make it something good and watchable for the American audience and if you get too many people too many cooks in the kitchen it'll ruin it real quick I, uh, I do I completely agree with that although I think the example of like Van Helsing, I don't. I think that is a singular vision. Sad, sadly, <laughs> oh, no. I think I, I think, well, that's, yeah. I think that, Steve, in that case, yes. I think Steven Steven Somers, Somers had free reign to do whatever he wanted, and he made something that's completely insane and unwatchable. You know, that's <laughs> yes. uh, so. In that case, 
it 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 went bad. It backfires. Yeah. Like. But then again, who thought Steven Somers was a, an auteur? Was yeah. a <laughs> like I enjoy the Mummy. Right. The Mummy is a good fun time. I especially enjoy it when I saw it first as Raiders of the Lost Ark. But still, <laughs> I like the Mummy. Good fun entertainment. If we're gonna talk about. We don't need every summer film, especially in the summer, because it's the land of popcorn and stupid films. But at least that was a fun, good time. Enough character development, technically still sound enough, and a good time. Not too heavy on the CGI. Mm-hmm. But by the time we get to you know the Scorpion King, sorry, caller, <laughs> we're just a little too tired. It's a little much. Yeah, the Mummy Two was too much. It's yeah, Steven Somers is not not a genius and shouldn't be given free reign over hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, right. If he gets more than ten million dollars. You should be feeling pretty lucky. And and there is a flip side to that coin as well. Um, this doesn't just happen in Hollywood. Er, early on in the show, a caller mentioned Darren Aronofsky. And, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that his Requiem for a Dream was also a singular vision. But personally, I find a lot of that movie just unwatchable and grating and annoying <laughs> myself. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not just... Well, it's, yeah. again, it, it depends. I mean, it depends on what you like you know it's different strokes different strokes different exactly yes that's what Arnold would say <laughs> all right you listen to the impact movie chat here at 89 fm the impact we're talking about movies give us a call 432-3893 once again 432-3893 we'll talk about anything you want to talk about as long as it's about movies just put that little caveat in there mm-hmm. all right <laughs> let's finish up our uh previews for the week we just got to talk about around the world in 80 days the river was able to check out Two other brand new films hit tomorrow. They are one is Dodgeball, a true underdog story. That's rated PG thirteen. That's uh, with Vince Vaughn, uh, Ben Stiller, uh, Christine Taylor. That's she's known as Mrs. Ben Stiller or Jan Brady in the Brady Bunch movies from a few years ago. She's also going to be seen in Zoolander. Give you a, an idea of who Christine Taylor is and why I mentioned her. But also Stephen Root is in this. I love Stephen Root. That's good. And the actor with the greatest acting name of all time, Rip Torn. Who's actually a decent actor when he's in something decent and not Men in Black 2. Okay. <laughs> Dodgeball basically is a movie about... Uh, it's, it's the Bad News Bears, once again. Every sports <laughs> movie is the Bad News Bears. Um, there were Bad News Bears movies before the Bad News Bears, but that's the one I can really think of as the first one. Basically, um, there's a rundown gym that a bunch of locals who are kind of losers like to, to hang out at. And a new gym, one of these uh, you know, franchises coming in, run by Ben Stiller, who does look hilarious in his costume. And uh, threatens to close out the business. So what do they do to save the business? Well, of course, you have to join a sports league or a sporting event, some type of competition. Dodgeball is the competition of choice. Uh, It's Vince Vaughn's ragtag team versus Ben Stiller's uh, lean muscle uh, of evil. And uh, which leads us to a a nice comedy uh, starring Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller, who we saw earlier this year with Starsky and Hutch, which wasn't bad. Though, I will say, I've seen the commercials and the trailer for Dodgeball. This movie looks stupid. And I, I can say, you know, first off, it sounds like it might be funny, but the more and more things I see, the more commercials I see, the more things I get to see of Ben uh, Stiller, it just looks unfunny. Now, I might be wrong. This might end up being really funny. But I just I just see it, and I just it just makes me cringe. Reverend, how do you feel? Uh, Okay. Well. Do it. You were, you were sitting next to me during Starsky and Hutch, and I don't know if you noticed this, but I think I laughed like twice. Yes. I was not a big fan of that movie. I, I'm getting, I used to love Ben Stiller, and now I'm completely sick of him. Uh, it almost like repels me for a movie. He's like movie <laughs> kryptonite for me. Um, and he's gone crazy this year. Yeah. Because with, with, yeah. he's just playing himself. Yeah. Or this character he's molded as the uptight guy. Right. But, you know, Dodgeball, he had, uh, as we mentioned, the aforementioned uh, Starsky and Hutch, and along came Polly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starsky and Hutch was fun, but mostly because of Owen Wilson. Yeah. Uh, but Don't still. forget Envy, also. Envy? He'll oh, have, He'll have man. five movies by the end of this year. Literally wow. five movies. Ben Stiller. I'm Stillered out. <laughs> yeah, we all yeah. are. Does anyone want to check this one out? No. Not really. No. Yeah. Unless. Because we're all Stillered out. I, I yep. think, for me, it's mostly I, I didn't think there was anything funny in the trailer, either. Like, the trailer is just like... Isn't that their A material? And yeah. it really isn't funny. Jody yeah. loves Chachi! Okay. Is that what you, that's what you got? <laughs> bring to the table? There, uh, there is a moment in the trailer where somebody gets hit in the face with a wrench. And there's like this motif. If you can dodge this, then you can dodge a ball. Maybe, just maybe, if the whole movie were 90 minutes of people getting hit in the face with wrenches. <laughs> it'd be worth we could handle it. Maybe. But then maybe. I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> 
And I, honestly, dodgeball was a fun sport, but it's not that much fun. All right, we have a caller on the line. Caller, you're on the Impact Movie Chat. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing superb. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. All right. What have you heard about this new Batman movie? I, I didn't even know one was coming out, and I read about it in Newsweek. Uh-huh. And it's got, like, actors in it. Yeah. Yes, a huge cast. It's got, like, Gary Oldman and uh, uh, Liam Neeson, I think. Yep. And Christian Bale is Batman. Yeah. The uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Right. He's going to play the butler, butler Alfred. And it's got a stupendous cast. Uh, outstanding. Yeah. Uh, who's, the, who's the director? Like, what, is, what has he done? Uh, Chris Nolan, who did uh, Memento. Oh, yeah. yeah. I have a condition. Yes. Right. Exactly. Okay. Um, yeah. So how that, are they going to mess it up? They're, 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 they're starting not. over. They're starting over completely. So if you're a big fan of Batman, Batman Returns, Batman and Robin, yeah, good luck finding a fan of that one. Oh, wait, the Reverend loves Batman and Robin. Uh, Batman Forever. If you're, yes, the Reverend loves Batman and Robin. We'll talk about this later uh, off the show. But, yeah, if you're a fan of those in that series, which I don't know how anyone can be now, they're putting that all aside. They're starting fresh. They're starting new. Uh, it's, it's not retelling the origin of Batman, but it's basically like they're going with a younger Jim Gordon than they probably did with Gary Oldman, who I think is excellent. I think yeah. it's a great choice. So it yeah. should be interesting. I mean, it's just, it seems like it's a summer movie, so it's got to suck to some degree, but it, they're going to have to try really hard with all those people involved. Well, I think it's it's like a yin and a yang kind of thing because it's like they're making Batman really cool and they're going to balance it out with McGee's Superman. Make yeah. that like oh. the worst movie ever yeah. and then Batman will be awesome. Superman to the extreme. <laughs> right. It's be one of those and that's that's how they'll, that's how Warner Brothers will weigh it out with DC. Now don't be right. surprised if the... Yeah. Well, I was just oh, going to say don't be surprised if the Superman... Uh, pre-production stuff goes on for another decade or so. Yeah, that's that, <laughs> that's that never. Not I mean, me yeah, they, it just if because it fell uh, dormant for about half a year, year that no, no, nothing was really big about it, and then they've this week piped up and like, hey, we're still gonna make Superman. <laughs> that's cool, but yeah, the Batman movie, I have high hopes for it. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. Well, I wait till I you know start seeing some trailers and some commercials for it. And uh, let's see what the tie-in to Taco Bell looks like first. Right. I, mean, I got to find out if those toys are going to rock or not. So, well, do you, do you guys remember when they were talking about Nicholas? Excuse me, Nick Cage for Superman? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That was that was the big rumor. That was gave it some juice that it might actually happen. It was Nick Cage's Superman? I don't know about that because I hate Nick Cage, but oh yeah, yeah, it would have been interesting to watch like uh, Car Wreck or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, thanks for dropping us right, a line. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Phone lines are open four three two three eighty nine three. Last film, let's let's just hurry and get these done with. Uh, <laughs> um, two films, one uh, one more new one. It's the Terminal uh, for Andy. Uh, Steven Spielberg made a movie just for you. He did. It's, it's called the Terminal, and it stars cool. Tom Hanks. Awesome. It's a comedy, um, also starring uh, my favorite actress, Catherine Zeta Jones. Um, Stanley Tucci's in it. Also, a little bit of appearances by uh, Sean McBride, Diego Luna. Uh, Zoe Sandala, who you may recognize from uh, Drumline. She's the uh, hot Ooh, chicken drumline. Naughty. Very nice. <laughs> uh, man, we're really a bunch of guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we apologize. Um, but basically, the terminal is a story of an Eastern European immigrant, Tom Hanks, who comes to New York to hang out. And just as he lands, a coup has occurred in his country. His country's government is disbanded, and it no longer exists. And it's a fake country, so it won't actually offend, offend any Eastern Europeans. Except for the concept that that, that happens in Eastern Europe. <laughs> the countries that are now disbanded. Yes, in Eastern <laughs> Europe. Um, basically, so he lands, his passport is no longer valid. He, his visa is no longer valid because it pertains to an old country that doesn't exist. Can he step onto U.S. soil? No. So he's not allowed to leave, guess what? The terminal. The terminal, yes. That's why it's called the terminal. Tom Hanks is going to hang out in an airport. I was in an airport over the weekend. I was in Detroit Metro. If I had to hang out in Detroit Metro for more than a day, heads would roll, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then again, I was in the Denver International Airport. Beautiful. I can hang out there for a week. Take a nap by the Panda Express. <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, but this is interesting. It's kind of based on a, a real story of an Iranian immigrant who hung out in uh, uh, one of the Parisian airports. Um, so it's an interesting story, but it's a comedy. Spielberg's getting, getting into comedy and uh, 
Capra-esque. I believe one reviewer mentioned it. Surprise, uh, surprise. Yeah. And <laughs> Hanks is getting back into a little bit of comedy. Though I will say this movie will be no bosom buddies. No. <laughs> which is the pinnacle of Tom Hanks's acting uh, comedy career. Does anybody? Inter- I'm looking forward to this one. I, you know, as it got closer, I was like, I don't know if it's gonna be good. But I've seen a couple of commercials. It looks cute. I'm just gonna give in and see the turbo. Alex, are you up for it? Yeah, um, I'll definitely give it a whirl. I'm to the point where I, I am a Spielberg fan. I'm with Andy on this. Um, I, I like a lot of his stuff. He isn't perfect, of course. I think he can be manipulative, and so and not all of his movies work. And he's he's made a couple real stinkers, I think. But always uh, hook, hook, definitely. Yes. 1941. Um, but like 1941. And, I like that. <laughs> <movie too. laughs> I like, I'll be haters. Moving on. Um, he. Comedy's, I think, a little bit trickier with him. I think it's kind of hit or miss. Um, but I think this looks like it, it has potential. And if it's anything like Catch Me If You Can, which I think I, I get a little bit of a vibe of that, I suppose. Um, yeah, I, I could enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Some of that magic you had with Hanks a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Andy, I know you're down with it completely. Oh, yeah. You're a huge Spielberg fan. You've already punched your ticket. And I, and I, so and next I, week we'll just get your review. I don't have to go any further. Well, I mean, and I chuckled at the at the review saying calling it a Capra 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 esque fable. In that, I mean, one of the movies that Spielberg always watches before he makes any movie is "It's a Wonderful Life" by Frank Capra. He does that. Yeah, he does. He has like four or five movies that he watches every before every shoot, and "It's a Wonderful Life" is one of them. I don't remember what the other ones are, but. Wow, that's, that's his really little, that's his little stupid. spiel. Uh, I'm just, just going to say, <laughs> I think it's cute. It's kind of cute, but still kind of weird that you would say, I have to watch these movies before I make my own films. Well, Brad, I don't it's think it's chance. like a, a hard, you know, I don't think it's like a in stone that, like, <laughs> no, we can't start shooting today. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> I said it's just a wonderful life. Someone give me a tape of this. We can't start shooting till noon. Okay. I'll but, leave that alone. So but, the terminal? Yeah, yeah definitely will. We're down. We'll Reverend, are you down with it? Uh, I think I'm going to wait off on this one. It's going to be, if a lot of people are like, this movie's awesome, All right. maybe I'll check so it out. So next week you're going to wait till Andy's four-star review of it. What you going to get? See, no, I mean, like, I wouldn't, I mean, not that I don't respect Andy's taste. I do. But I wouldn't necessarily listen to Andy because Andy loves Spielberg, whereas I'm not a Spielberg guy. If someone like jaded angry person sees this movie who hates america and they're like it's a good movie uh, okay now, now to be fair i like spielberg for a lot of the wrong reasons like well i don't like spielberg for the same reasons that most people like spielberg let me okay. put it that way oh okay okay he's he's a he's a technic he's a, he's a technical genius he's a technical I he's, genius I think what you used earlier. he's a technician not an artist all right that all right and that's the terminal that starts out tomorrow and a movie that started last week that we completely forgotten about was supersize me it's an award-winning documentary about uh, one man's journey to eat nothing but McDonald's for 30 days, three square meals a day, McDonald's. And it looks at the mental mental and psychological and physical uh, tolls it takes on his body and uh, mind. Um, that's out right now. None of us have checked this hey, out. Hey, wait oh, a you minute. Saw I've it. seen it. I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> um, How did you like it? I didn't really have time to go into it, but... Um, Get a minute. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> I do. Your like review it. should never be longer than a minute. <laughs> um, no, I, I did like it quite a bit actually. Okay, um, if it were just this man's story, then I think it would just be a fun stunt. But basically, his story, his personal little quest, which is frightening enough as it is, considering all the things that happened to him, um, far beyond what you actually might expect. Medical problems anyway um beyond that there is actually a real documentary going on here basically about the fast food industry and about america as a whole um basically the way i look at this movie is it it does remind me of a michael moore film but with more facts and with less ego (laughs) basically i mean it's it's an actual film not yeah it is a real documentary but it has a lot of the same sort of it's very accessible like moore's films okay i'll say all right, that's supersized me. It's out right now, yeah. so I'm uh, very excited to see this one. I just wasn't able to because yeah. I was out of state over the weekend. <laughs> All right. You'll see Impact Movie Chat. We're about to wrap it up. Before we leave, must do the video pick of the week. I'm going to hand it over to the Reverend. Reverend, yes. you have the Impact Movie Chat video pick of the week. Yes. Rock it. Um, it's a movie called Un Flick. Uh, it's a French film, and it translates as A Cop. Although the American title when it was released was Dirty Money, because it's more exciting than yeah. A-Cop. <laughs> Sexy. Um, uh, you'll probably find it under the title Un Flick if you were looking for it, though. Uh, it's a movie directed by Jean-Pierre Melville, who 
depending on who you ask, he might have invented French New Wave. He was definitely one of the early pioneers of it. Um, but his style is actually pretty Western. Like, it's he loves film noir and Westerns. And um, this movie is about uh, Elaine Delon, who is the cop character, tracking down Richard Crenna, who is a bank robber. Richard Crenna knocks off his bank at the beginning of the movie. He's trying to, you know, escape with the money without getting caught or killed. And uh, just jumps between the two. Uh, really tight. Really um, good style. I mean, I love Melville's style. And um, he, he's, he's kind of slow, but yet very engaging. And if you love film noir, it's something you'd probably dig. All right. So the video pick of the week is Un Flick. Mm-hmm. Jean-Pierre Melville. Uh, and that's thank you, Robert. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Want to remind you, you know, I stick around. The basement is up next. It's the best in local music. Andy, you love local music. I do. I Very love much local so. music. You <laughs> love local music too. So definitely stick around for the basement. So let's let's rock it out for Alex, for Andy, the Reverend. I'm Brad Brooks. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Thanks for listening to this evening's exposure. Only on eighty-eight point nine, The Impact.